Hey yo, you like Discord? You know you do. Go on over to infendo.com, click on the community tab, join up with all the people just like you who want to talk about Infendo and Nintendo and all the other cool stuff you do in your life. If Mario and Luigi were to do a podcast, it might sound something like this. Infendo Radio is on now. Oh, God, 45 minutes later, here we are. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Infendo Radio, episode bumper that time. 75, probably. 75. Um, uh, somewhere around there. Um, actually, I don't even know myself, so I'll find yeah. out here in a second. Who knows? who knows? Welcome to Infendo Radio. My name is Lucas. I'm the host who has the pleasure of introducing each and every episode to you wonderful people out there who listen. Um, as you've already heard, I am joined by my two wonderful co-hosts. Um, I'm joined by Eugene. Eugene, how you doing tonight? This this fine evening, my fine sir. Doing good. Um, I haven't used this um, computer for a long time, um, at least a week, and I'm realizing that my orange cat has been using my keyboard as a bed. Um, but other than that, um, doing great. Um, glad that you asked. Go to Infender.com if you care about any of the things that we got going on. And uh, yeah, how are you doing tonight, Lucas? I'm so glad that you asked. I'm doing really well, actually. I finally got off my lazy behind, and I uploaded some new stuff to my YouTube channel, which is Lucas Peace. You can go find it. I did a bunch of Mario Kart races with Steve, his wife, a couple of our other friends, uh, uh, Steve and my friend, I consider him my friend now, uh, Hellhound, uh, one of Steve's friends who is now one of my favorite people in the world, Thomas, and even another Infendo co-host who you will find out about at some point. So go check those out if you really want to see what I've been up to. And, you know, stay subscribed because I'm going to have a lot more stuff like that. Uh, I am also joined, luckily, this fine evening by Justin, who was hit with a transmogrify spell and became Steve through some freak accident. So, Steven, I guess, how you doing tonight, buddy? And where can the people find you? No, you got it wrong. I'm Justin. I'm oh, transmogrified sorry. Justin. Well, you've already <laughs> called so, me out on something on so air. So, yes, what, you're reminding me a lot of so Justin. So, what about the ghost of Steve? What happens uh, to the ghost of Steve if I'm here? Well, he's possessing the body of Justin right now, which is why there you sound okay. and look just like Steve. Okay, okay. Um, <laughs> you can find landing? me... You can find me at my Linktree account, linktr.ee forward slash Gentus. Join my Discord, for the love of God. Short and freaking sweet. And like I said, you can also find him on my YouTube channel pretty much constantly. Thank you for that, Steve. Um, We've got a show for you tonight, because in addition to playing a lot of Switch, and in Eugene's case, Xbox, um, I've been spending a lot of time, as I know at least one of my co-hosts has, organizing the games on his switch because a certain feature dropped last week and it's kind of all we have to talk about that's the one game i played on my switch actually organizing my stuff my god (laughs) is it satisfying so um as always there's complaints because this is a video game related Mm. thing (laughs) uh so we're going to talk about that and i also want to have a a heated discussion with you guys about uh, something that's near and dear to my heart that i find a little annoying but before that let's 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 get into it so the switch reveal last week we got version 14 of the switch see i can remember switch version i just can't remember what episode our freaking show is um and with this version we got the ability to what what is the exact word that they use organize categorize software categorize yeah so they're not really folders because they don't really do what folders do 
which is allow you to take things from one place and put them in another place and have them not be visible on your desktop or homepage anymore. But what they do allow you to do is basically tag every game in your library with whatever tag you want to create. So if you want to create a tag called Big Poopy Cheese Dinosaur and put Mario Kart and Crash Bandicoot in that, you can do that. And I hope that somebody out there does that and tweets at us at Infendo based on that suggestion. That would be funny. Um, One thing that Steve and I have done, because we play a lot of games together that we record, is we both created a a, a tag called Our Backlog. And we now have a list of games that we've said we want to play together in our backlog on our switch so when we run out of things to do we can go on there and look at it and say yeah, oh look what, what, do, what do we want to play tonight oh yeah we'll play this game from our backlog yeah well um justin slash steve since you're kind of a guest here tonight mm-hmm. do you want to tell us how you've been using this feature first so i was joking around with uh, some of the people in my discord as mm-hmm. one does in discord Usually. and i was actually going to make it very simple yeah i was going to do games i actually play and my massive backlog from hell. So I ended up not doing that because creating that backlog would have just been a reproduction of what is already on the Switch. Mm-hmm. So everything, basically? Yeah. Pretty much. Everything but, like, 15 games. Mm-hmm. So what I ended up doing was I did folders by series and, in a couple of rare cases, developer. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, I have a folder that has Bayonetta 1 and 2. I've Mm -hmm. got a folder that has BitTrip. I've got a folder that has Blaster Master. But then I've got another folder for all my Atui games. I've got a folder for Doom slash Quake because those are all id games. Um, You're looking at your folders, aren't you? I am looking at my folders. (laughs) I've got a folder for Lego. I consider Lego a series of games. I get it. I get it. Monster Hunter. Proudly, I have enough. And basically, for it to qualify for said folder, because there's got to be qualifiers, this is me, you have to have at least two games in the series. Jeez. So, that was how I did mine. Um, And like I say, aside from that, I've got retro consoles, which is like all of the Switch Online stuff, Mm -hmm. and our backlog, which is the one you were already talking about. Nice. Do you believe that I have enough versions of Tetris on my Switch to merit a Tetris folder? I would not believe that about a normal human, but for you, Steve, I do, <laughs> actually. Um, well, yeah, because you've got Tetris 99, you've got Tetris Effect, and um, what else do you have? Poyo, Poyo Poyo Tetris 1 and 2. Ah, there we go. Okay, that makes sense. Um, so I did my folder organization thing a little bit differently. Organization. Yeah, I was going to say organizing, and then it just kind of became a thing. <laughs> I like um, it. I uh, I went with, like, genres of games, which I think is really nice and clean. It's like I've got all my racing games in a spot. I've got all my fight- fighting games in a spot. I've got um, roguelites in, a, in an area because those are, like, really unique in a genre that I really like. Um, I did do the backlog folder like I was talking to you about. I've got one for right. retro, which isn't really, like, just actually retro games, but anything that's, like, 8-bit or 16-bit, so, like, fake fake-bit oh, games, too. so you mean, like, Shantae and Shovel Knight. Exactly. I actually put Shovel Knight in the retro category, because it's Good less man. about, it's less about, like, like 
organizational prowess and more about like how the games make me feel like retro games right. are games I play at a very particular time you know when I want to like bust out the 8-bit dough and feel like I'm eight you know so um yeah yeah no I've just kind of done that and I, I'm missing a lot one of the weird phenomenons that happened when this came out is I deleted a lot of stuff off my switch because I'm like Steve I only have like a 400 megabyte or megabyte gigabyte, not, gigabyte um SD card so, uh, so I don't have all that much room to keep like every version of Monster Hunter and stuff on my Switch. So I deleted a bunch of stuff I'm never gonna play again, and I downloaded a bunch of stuff that I thought I was never gonna play again, like Shovel Knight, because I wanted to put them all in the folders, right? Yep. Like I want to have I want to have all my retro games on. I want to have all my. I downloaded like uh, Binding of Isaac and uh, Enter the Gungeon because I wanted to and put them all in the roguelite me on folder. Binding of Isaac because yeah. I need that game. Yeah, I'm a very bad you. influence. I will get you to buy every game out there. And that's gonna be a $60 game for me because I got to get the DLC. So, But that's oh, the kind of cool thing about this update, right? Is you can actually, like, like like we were saying, Steve has all of his games organized by like series. I have all of my games organized by genre or like big game feel. Um, did you what, you said you worked on it a little bit, Eugene. Did you do anything with yours? Like, what do you have? Yeah, is it I just all mine... Dark Souls? Yeah, <laughs> there's a, there is the Dark Souls folder, but unfortunately there's only one game in there. Uh, no, I, um, I did mine a little differently, actually. I did mine by um, publisher, because I'm kind of weird like that. Oh, so okay. I, did, I did all my... I have a, like a... So you've got Atui, Bethesda... Yeah, all, yeah, all of my... Well, not like every single one. So like I right. did do a folder for like indies. So, like, mm-hmm. where I kind of put all the miscellaneous, basically. But, like, you know, I have, like, my Nintendo folder. I have a Capcom folder, you know, you know my big ones like that. So yeah. that was um, fun to organize them that way. But um, I think somebody mentioned it in our Discord, actually, and you guys have maybe already talked about it because I had to step away. But um, you can put multiple games in multiple categories. Mm-hmm. So I also have a section for um, kind of how like you did it, uh, Lucas. I have I only only done one so far, but I did my RPG section because that's yep. where I spend a lot of my uh, time. You know, so I basically just tossed yeah. all my RPGs into one section for easy access. Now I kind of get tripped up to, and this is a whole nother nerdy separate conversation, but I get tripped up too because there are people that say, I, I don't agree with the idea that like Ocarina of Time is technically an RPG, you know, that whole thing. But then you have games that kind of fit the description, like Skyrim, and I didn't put that in my RPG folder because well, I think of that more as like an adventure game, that, you know, that kind of thing. Here's the beauty of this, though. This yeah. is your system. They let exactly. you do with it whatever you want. Exactly. And if you don't like it, Sucks to be you. Exactly. Right. My um, my RPG folder is very traditional. We're talking like Final Fantasy VII, like traditional for my RPG folder. But no, it's it's cool. I like it. It's um, like somebody pointed out on Twitter. I think it was actually Jules Watchem, right? That that tweeted it. Oh, the one that I like put a, it out there. Yeah. We all had like a hate fest in our private Discord about it. <laughs> um, he he pointed out that it doesn't fix the issue of clutter on your system. Because you go into your, your list of games and they're still all over the place. It's not really like folders were like on the 3DS. Okay. okay. But it's a nice way to keep things organized and clean. Okay, Steve, go okay, off. Okay, so yeah, we're going to we talk go. about that for a sec. We're going to start. It does fix the issue. There well... are th- Well, hang on. Hear me out. There <laughs> are 13 games on your thing before you get to all software, right? Yeah, sure. Those are the last 13 games you played. So if you're looking for one of them, you're happy they're at the top everything else it's not that big of a deal to hit all software and then hit out yeah so it 
kind of does fix the issue. For I me. think the I think the thing is, and I can I can attest to this because I actually liked this on the 3DS, right? Um, mm-hmm. That feeling of having a nice empty home menu with your most used apps at the bottom and a list of folders to the side for all your different genres and you know that kind of thing. Like there, it's not oh, something that. that it's not something that I personally worry about. You should see my bank in RuneScape; it's a nightmare. <sighs> but um, but there are people out there that I think really do want everything clean, everything nice and neat, and the Switch right. really just doesn't give you the option to do that, you know? Like, sometimes I find myself deleting games that I've archived off my Switch, like I did last night, because I don't like having the icon on there if I can't just boot into the game, you know? Like, that's one of the things that frustrates me with the Switch, is sometimes I'll go over to, like, like Starlink, and I'll be like, oh, that'd be fun to play, and I click on it, and I'm like, oh, this is a card, like, I need to have my card in to play this game. Why is this icon on my Switch? Like, why does this have to exist on my Switch? Sure. Well, so, that's, an- that's another folder that I actually have is games oh, like that are physical? not downloaded. Nice. No, just ga- games, that, uh, games that, like... Uh, Clever. Um, c- yeah, because you can still have, like, the icon or whatever, like, in the, mm-hmm. the play, but you might yeah. not actually have it physically downloaded, so I have, hmm. you know, a section for that as well. That's pretty clever, actually. I like that. I might have to steal that. Maybe then I can download all my... I have so many games that I don't have on my Switch because there just hasn't been room, you know? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And I'm with you, Lucas. I don't have quite... Well, I upgraded recently. I think I have like 512 or something like that. Like whatever... Yeah. Still, it's the... not quite like a two terabyte, you know? Yeah, yeah you, you guys aren't in the terabyte club. We'll just put it exactly. that way. He said, so, smiling, rolling his eyes. Yeah. Yep. So, like, I can't fit that... God, what was that basketball game that came out? Remember it was like a oh, dollar or something? 2K18 or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we both also have that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I, I've played it maybe 20 minutes then you've done uns- more than i have <laughs> and then I enjoyed manager it. mode for like a week i made the fattest weirdest character i could make <laughs> you've also done more than i have i downloaded it and then deleted it and that's the extent of what i've done with it I've but that game file was that. huge though right oh it yeah was it was like, like ridiculous yeah. yeah oh that that's not even the biggest one i've got I've got, I've got Doom and Mortal Kombat digitally. See, this Jeez. is why I don't feel bad when I race you in Mario Kart. Because he's <laughs> so confident outside of the game. It's like, that's not even the biggest <laughs> file I've got. Pshaw, peasants. <laughs> so, you wouldn't have it any other way. Of course not. That's why you're here. Um, so I do want to talk a little bit about a subject that I thought of as I was moving things around in my folder. Which is, namely... Why can't Nintendo just keep the stuff that's good in their stuff from, from game to game and system to system? Like, like, okay, so this isn't really a system thing, but I'm going to use it as my example. And I know that Game Freak isn't really Nintendo directly, but Pokemon, right? We had Pokemon games that had, like, day and night systems. And then we had, like, five Pokemon games that didn't implement that until they brought it back. We had, like, weather systems that didn't come back for a few games. And we've had the same thing with systems now. We've got, um, like, the 3DS had the ability to put things into folders, drag and drop. And Proper folders. I, I get it. It's a different operating system. It's, it's, a, it's a different infrastructure entirely. But you would think that, like, when they come out with a feature, they would keep it in the next iteration of the software. You know, you, you would think that that stuff would continue to exist in some form. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand why it has to, like change every time and we have to start from scratch well, and five years later we're getting some form of folders and it's frustrating too right because you see this not just with nintendo i was actually just dealing with this 
same BS with um, Windows 11 because I mm -hmm. upgraded my um, laptop to Windows 11. Yeah. Upgraded. Um, I don't know if it's an that, upgrade. It's a. This this it, this is making me cringy right now. <laughs> but anyways, it um, maybe a very niche need, but I needed it. Um, it that they removed. They removed the ability to um, drag like an item to your toolbar and mm. then, you know, take that item to another app. So like what I always did was, you know, for the podcast, for example, I would download the MP3 from our shared Google Drive. I would drag it down to Audacity and then Audacity would pop up so that I can put the file into Audacity. Easy peasy. That's been around since mm -hmm. like Windows Vista. They removed what? that somehow on whoa, Windows whoa. 11. Hang on. You can <laughs> drag an MP3 file to Audacity on your taskbar and it opens? Well, you used mm -hmm. to be able to. Oh, you didn't know that? What the? <laughs> yeah. I do IT for a living and I didn't know that. <laughs> Well, you it, get that, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, we will not send this to your employer for sure. Um, but oh my um, God. While, we're, while we're complaining about Windows 11, <laughs> hang on, shift the podcast for a second. This is now a Windows 11 podcast. <laughs> I would like to complain about the giant search bar at Wait, the bottom. Wait, you've left. upgraded too? I, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've had Windows 11 for a long time. Is mm -hmm. it brand new? Like, like within, within the last, the last year. year. Yeah, no, I've definitely got Windows 11. I think maybe it's Windows 10. Well, cl Whatever clearly version, I'm still living in the Stone Age. Whatever version <laughs> of Windows I have, I don't like because it has a big search bar at the bottom and I go to search stuff. And anytime I'm trying to find something, I have to not use the search bar because all the search bar brings up is news articles. And I don't mm. like that. So, like, Okay, so what... what um... What does your Windows start icon look like on the bottom? That'll be the indicator. On the bottom left, I have uh -huh. four white rectangles. You're on 10. The okay. Windows, then Windows I hate 11 ten. is blue. Then I hate 10. <laughs> They're blue when I hover. They're white when I don't. I hate yeah. Windows 10 then. I hate it all. It's all garbage. But no, like I go to, go to, uh, to Elgato to change my audio settings. If I try to type to search for Elgato, what I get is like, this garbage like Elgato's website you can you can turn that the off web. the Windows search results it's not there it's just garbage dude it's garbage so anyway that's why Windows sucks um, <laughs> back, to, back to Nintendo but just to finish my thought there they brought that I that uh, feature back Steve it's it's back I'm good Eugene's, well, you Eugene's go. fine now and everything's fine that feature I didn't even know existed is back I'm happy for you <laughs> You didn't and know I learned it was there. Something. You didn't know it was gone. It's useful from it's dragging, back. like you I'm download something saying. from Chrome, and then you need to like bring it into like Word. You just like you know take the little icon saying, on the bottom Eugene, of your Chrome. I think you would do great. <laughs> Go on, back Lucas. To... Uh, bring us back. Bring us back. Well, I mean, I've said my piece. I don't know. Anybody else have an opinion about Nintendo needing to stick to their guns, or how do we? Yeah, feel about I. This? Okay, so I want the old themes. Yes, I know. Switch has themes. Get over it. They're not the same themes we've had before. Does it have themes or does it have white and black? It has white and black, but it's listed <laughs> under themes, so technically it's a theme. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. It's themes, but it's not themes like it was in the last system. Like, yeah. I want that stuff back. Why did they get rid of it? They had an entire app on 3DS dedicated to making your own custom pretty theme with the folders and everything. Like mm -hmm. icons you could place on the folders. 
and well, they now had it's a, time they, they don't even entire, give us folders. They had an entire microtransaction riddled minigame, Claw Machine. Yeah, that was the one. Where you could get things to put on your folders to make them look pretty. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And then on then Switch comes out, oh, we're not going to give you folders. It's, it's just, just going to be... It's just, it's, it's weird. I miss the news. Uh, we've been over this nostalgia. I miss the news channel. I miss the weather mm, channel. So, of, of all the things that have irritated me, though, why did it take so long to get Bluetooth on Switch? Yeah. The controllers yeah. are literally Bluetooth controllers. Yeah. <laughs> it's all weird. It's just all weird. Like, I get, I get it. Every system is different, and every system is new. But it seems like, and maybe this is part of Nintendo's like success. Maybe this is how they make such amazingly weird consoles. But every system is literally built like from the ground up. You know, mm -hmm. none of it takes any inspiration from the previous system. And in a way, that's cool. In a way, that's good. In a way, it's really weird that they haven't just said like, you know, we're we're keeping folders. You know, folders are right. now going to be a thing in future versions. You know, the eShop. How many different versions of the eShop have we had over the years? You know. That they don't just have a dedicated network store for purchasing yeah. stuff, you know. It's, I kind of wish weird. that they would just do like Xbox has done with the last two consoles, because um, as far as I know, I'm pretty sure the Xbox One and then like the new line, the Series mm -hmm. S and X, they have like the same dashboard now. Yeah. So like it's I think literally it's the, the same way for Sony. Yeah. yeah, so it's it's like literally the same thing. So you don't have to like get used to a new interface yeah. per se. So like that's maybe they'll that's nice maybe right they'll there. do that next time. Maybe this is their PS4 or Xbox One. We'll and maybe see. Maybe they'll standardize it next time. And we'll I, I would see. like that. And then, but if they add on to what's already here, right? Because like you know, we've already said. There's so much more that they could do. Give us themes. Give us music in our mm -hmm. eShop. You know, give us yeah. just like you know some more. Give us more. Yeah. I want s'mores. I know it was. I, I know it was really outdated, but I kind of liked the block system that they had for the uh, the Wii and the 3DS. Yeah, which when mm -hmm. it was like kind of like the channels or whatever. Yeah, it was I just like that. it was just like a desktop, you know, and you could just like mm -hmm. put whatever you wanted wherever you wanted, kind of thing. I liked it on the 3DS because you could choose, right? You could either have like the Switch style oh. where it's just one long row, or you mm -hmm. could minimize it and have a bunch of little. And I like right. to have a bunch of little squares. Okay, like, like you're talking those blocks. I thought you meant blocks as in unit of storage. No, their own oh, their own specific no, that... measurements. <laughs> that was dumb. I, I thought that you were talking. Um, those kind of blocks i'm like no let's, so. let's bring Although, back blocks no, and let's bring back the, points while we're on the we subject i miss memory cards we have uh, memory cards yeah but they're boring now i miss having a little cube that had all my chows in it you know <laughs> and i could bring that cube over to a friend's house and plug it into his thing and then we both That's had true. the chows but was, now you just bring your whole damn switch yeah it's more work and it's less magical <laughs> things are changing and i don't like that <laughs> fair all right well i think we've eaten this topic away to its breaking point so why don't we take a very quick break? We will come back to it at the other side with Change the System. And lo, what a change the system it shall be. Ask us a question and we'll answer it live on the air. Head over to our Discord. You can get there through infendo.com and ask us a question in the Question Block channel.
That's the place where you ask us a question in that channel that may or may not still exist. Welcome back to Infendo Radio, everyone. We're going to talk about the games we've been playing, and I'm going to go first this time because I want to get to it before Steve does because I want to share my version of it first because it's the real version. Uh, we played a lot of Mario Kart this weekend. A lot of Mario Kart. Only so, a little. So the new stuff came out, guys. The the new tracks. There's eight new tracks, and they're amazing, and they're really fun. Uh, but more fun than the new tracks is playing Mario Kart with friends. And I forgot how much fun it was until I jumped on Friday and Saturday night and played with Steve and his wife, Justina. And then we got Hellhound. And then Justin snuck into our matches, and we didn't realize he had snuck in. And he was playing and apparently messaging us on Discord at exactly the same time. And we missed everything because we were on a Zoom call. And then the next night we invited Justin, and he actually showed up. And we did that with him. And we had Steve's other friend, Thomas. And it was fun. And I won like like 99% of all the races because I'm really good at Mario Kart. It is so much fun. Oh my god. So so um, anyway, Mario Kart is a fun game and I like it a lot. Guys, the, the new tracks are really legit though. Like yeah. the, the ones that are based on Mario Kart Tour, for those of you who haven't played, um, there's Tokyo, there's the Paris one, and then there's like this ninja hideaway ninja that's really, really crazy. Um, the Tokyo and the Paris one change from lap to lap which i don't remember if that's something that happened in tour or not but it's really cool so it's like um paris it's uh, i think what is the name of that building it's not the champs Elysees, is it um the eiffel tower oh the arc de triomphe um that's as french as we're ever going to get on this show uh you're you're like racing around the arc de triomphe and um you know that's like supposedly like the worst spot for traffic in the world anyway that circle of like circles within circles and everything so um as you're racing through it, the the course changes depending on like where you have to go. So like in lap one, you go straight through. Lap two, you take a left. Then lap three, you take like a weird right. You go back through it again. You go up and down and sideways. You're going, going through courses. Backwards. Back, yeah, backwards. There's bullet bills coming at you. It's really cool. Like it's a really cool track. Uh, Did you they, already say which uh, game that one's from? That's from Mario Kart Tour. Okay. Yeah, the World Tour or whatever it's called. Um, the coolest course, in my opinion, the one that changed the most dramatically is Chaco Mountain, which is also, like, my favorite one from the new DLC. It does not even resemble what it used to be. Like, like Steve said, the layout is basically unchanged, but you go through, like, a big tunnel, and there's bats yep. flying at you, and it's, it's entirely different than it used to be. Yeah. But, like, the music in this, oh, all the it's tracks good. are so good. So much fun. Um... So we played a ton of that. Like, literally, I think I, I uploaded, like, half of our footage so far. Each one is, like, a 30-minute gameplay. And we probably yeah. played about, like, five got, like, total hours of yeah, Mario Yeah, four or five hours of gameplay. Yeah, like, we were real into it. Um, so well, that's, and one, that's one thing that actually that just came out. Mario It was fun. Yeah, and one thing that actually helps with Mario Kart, unlike other games, Mario Party, is we can actually connect... Oh Mario yeah, the Kart. Wi-Fi was mostly stable. I had a few internet hiccup issues here and there, yeah. but it was only really when Justin joined because I think we were pinging like you know another oh, yeah, part of the you've country. Got New York, Florida, and then a bunch of Utah. Mm -hmm. stuff. But really fun, and I gotta say too, like Steve beat me a couple of times, his mm -hmm. wife beat me a couple of times. We Hellhound. have video proof. Oh yeah, we do. Uh, even though, okay, so fun Steve story. <laughs> he beats me in like the second tournament that we did. And he took first place, and I took second, and he kicked my butt in a race. Then at the end of the night, I have footage of him, and he's like, well, not that I've ever taken first in a race. And I'm thinking, Steve, you literally just did. This is 
I don't know what you're talking about. We don't have this footage. It doesn't exist. I literally have this footage, no, Steve! It's, it's not there. I don't oh know what you're talking about. Oh my god, you're your own worst enemy, I swear. <laughs> but um yeah. but but no, it's fun. Hellhound is a really fun competitor. He's tough. But the one that I had the most trouble with, the one that was tough, the one that like I made me shut up and focus was Justin, dude. He is He's a good. good racer. I beat him more than he beat me. Justin will tell you it's because he was robbed, but it's really just because I'm better. But he was good, dude. Real good. I, so I've uh, played against and with you all, and yeah, that's uh, you guys are way too good. I, I just, it's not, it's just I'm, I get beat by computers already. I'll just go do that. I you must it. misremember me. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, there's only there's only a couple of last place spots, Steve. You know, there's only. You know. <laughs> Uh, if anybody who's hearing this is friends with us on Switch and wants to play Mario Kart, hit us up. Join our room anytime yeah. we're on because it was freaking fun. And we will be playing it over and over again as the new courses come out. So join yeah. us. Um, however, that is not where my Mario Kart story ends because I did something today. I three-starred both cups at 200cc like wow. I said I would. So wow. that felt good. It took me like five times in the second cup because of that ninja hideaway level to you sir i tip my tip my hat I, <laughs> you, tip, I, you tip your tip i, I, I tip my tap <laughs> i tip my tap no i i thought that i had 100 percent of this game mm -hmm. like three start everything yeah and then i look back at 200 cc clearly i gave up at the gold trophies and i tried to do a couple 200 cc races i three starred the first one of the dlc mm -hmm. i can't do anything else i mm -mm, no more 200 for me well, um, I will be attempting to 100% this game in all its glory, because it's fun. I like Mario Kart. It's a fun game, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm just going to finish up my change of system, and then we'll hop on over to your guys's if that's cool. Uh, I, that's kind of the big one. Not going to lie. That's what, most of what I've done. Um, I played the Kirby demo this week. I, I, did I talk about that last time on the show? I don't remember. Did I mention that? Uh, well, I don't think so. Well, I played it, and I... Uh, it's Kirby. Um, I didn't think I was going to feel as meh about this game as I did going into to like tonight's launch night, right? Tonight's the night it comes out? Fairly um, um, tomorrow? Well, maybe midnight then. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah, midnight's um, tomorrow, probably. Oh, right, because it's not Thursday because we record on Wednesdays now. God, I have really forgotten that. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know if either of you guys have played the demo, if you have any opinions on it, but... Um, I booted it up. It's about a 40-minute demo. Um, once you're done, you get a couple of codes to use in-game for the full version to unlock stuff. Um, you actually get to use one of the new features in the game in the demo if you play the demo again, which is like fused, ver not fused power-ups, but like extra power-ups. So like the sword becomes a big sword and the, the bomb becomes a timed bomb and that kind of stuff, um, which is cool. But it's weird that a game that breaks as much new ground as this Kirby did in terms of, like, creating a 3D environment mm -hmm. feels as linear and, like, by the numbers as this one does. And I don't know if that was just because I had a bad experience with the demo or if the entire game is like this, but there was nowhere to go, like, off the beaten path and explore a side area. There was nothing, like... Like, when I first got my sword, the first thing I tried to do was chop a tree with my sword to see if something would happen. 
and nothing happened. There were like barriers, like like little barriers that you would see on like a road to like block traffic. And I have my bombs and I'm throwing my bombs and nothing happens. There's little barriers off to the side before the boss battle and I hop over them and there's an invisible wall. It's just, it's, it's a very simple Kirby game. And I know Kirby games have gotten kind of simple lately, but I feel like the last one, the Star Allies one, felt more like the Super Nintendo Kirby games. Like there were things to do, there were challenges, there were like hidden hidden areas. I'll agree with that. I yeah, things that to, from things to find hundred percent. This one feels really simple. Um the only kind of sub thing to do in the game was there's like missions to complete while you're playing the game. So like one of the missions was find all the hidden waddle Ds. And um Two of them were given to you by beating bosses that were mandatory. One of them was up on a ledge, kind of like straight ahead, but on a ledge that I guess you could have walked past. Um, there was one for finding all five tulips in the stage. They were pretty obvious. They were just kind of sitting in the middle of the field in, in areas, and you just touch them, and that would do... I don't know. It just felt um, like there was nothing to do in the game that wasn't intended to be experienced by everyone, you know? Like, sure. I, I think one of my first impulses was to run up to the sign telling me which direction to go and eat it, you know, because I'm Kirby. So I use my vacuum power and the sign stays in place because the sign is there to tell me where to go. It's not there to get eaten or destroyed mm. or anything like You know, it's just, it's, it's weird. I know, like, like when I was playing Crash Bandicoot 4, they have little things, little like potions that the, the bad guys use to talk to you through like a megaphone kind of thing. And you can spin and hit the potion and it breaks the potion and the guy stops talking to you. I thought that was a cool feature. Not everybody is going to try to break the megaphone, but if you do, something happens, and that something is you miss out on future dialogue. You know, like it, it's little things like that that this one just feels like it's missing. Again, maybe the demo is just not a good indicator of what the game is going to have, and the later levels are going to get a lot more interesting, and there's going to be things to do and see and stuff. But it's weird that this game feels as two dimensional. Not trying to be punny here. It feels two dimensional despite being the first like truly three dimensional Kirby game. You know, yeah. so That's, almost so almost like a two and a half D game. It literally where just it's feels in like three D, but it's yeah, two D. Yeah, it literally just feels like if you took like a safe Kirby game, like I think Return to Dreamland was pretty safe, yeah. and you made it three D. You know, it's like. It's fine. And I, I remember thinking, like, this is going to be a great game for, like, Elijah. He's going to love this, you know? Because he's, like, sure. he's, he's a little boy, and he's going to be able to play it and run around. It's going to be like Mario Odyssey for him, you know? But but for, like, a grown man, like, this is not Kirby Star Allies. This is not Kirby 64, you know? And maybe that's fine, you know? This doesn't have to be. But it's a weird choice to make the game this interesting yeah. and this boring at the same time. So sure. I'd be really curious to hear if anybody gets it and plays through it. If that changes, and if the first couple levels are just not a good indicator of that, but I'm I'm not going to be getting this on day one. You know, I will buy it at some point just to play it and have a casual game to sit through. But my God, even the boss battle that I got to preview was the easiest thing. I was playing on hard mode. I was playing with like half health for a challenge. Yeah, you, you said that in your video. You're like, if this is hard, I'd hate to see what normal it was. Is. So easy. Right. He he goes to stomp and he stops for like ten seconds and then stomps. And I was like, maybe it's because I'm using the ice power. Maybe I have frozen him in place and he can't attack. So then I stop attacking him and he does the stomp and he just stands there and then he does it. And I'm like, no, this is just, it's just that easy. <laughs> so I, I don't know, man. I mean, 
again, I get it. Kirby has changed. It's not what it was when I was like a little baby boy, where it was actually kind of like challenging, I guess. But I don't. It's just it's weird. It's it, it was a weird experience for, I had with for it. For me, Kirby's kind of always been that though. Ever since past the N sixty four. Yeah, I guess past it. Well, I was even gonna say during the Super Nintendo era because some of the Super Nintendo games were kind of that, right? Like it was like you had a little bit of a challenge. Yeah, but I think like like, like you like Kirby three kind of stuff. Yeah, but see, when I think of Kirby, I think of like Kirby Superstar Saga, which ran the that's, gamut from like that's the one. Like that's, that's the, the that was the my one. that was like my first Kirby game. And when I think of good Kirby games, I think of that, and I think of Kirby sixty four, and I think both of those played a bit with the idea of. What if it was still a Kirby game, but it was yeah. interesting, you know? So I don't know. I That's why I, when Kirby 64 came out for me, I was like, oh, yeah, this is like a return to form because, like, this is, like, what I remember it being. Yeah. And then they just kind of went back to, like, you know, Kirby doing weird things or yeah. the Kirby game being, like, the baby platformer or whatever mm -hmm. type of thing. And, I, you know, yeah. just, just never got into it. Well, I kind of have that same reaction. I know this is just becoming a discussion now, but hey, we're a podcast, right? I kind of have that same reaction with Yoshi's games because, like, Yoshi's yeah. Island was same. a really interesting game. And then Yoshi's Story, I played when I was a little kid, but I thought there was something there, even though a lot of people hate it. Like, the fact that you could unlock different areas based on how you progressed, and that changed, like, the route that you took, and, you know, kind of Star Foxy. Like, I thought that was interesting. And then when they came out with the more modern stuff, like Yoshi's Island on the DS, Yoshi's Woolly World, it, you could just tell that they had integrated into this, um, like, like, baby formula for the games. And I don't know that they were... You know, again, I played them as a little kid, so maybe they were just harder than I remember, but... I feel like they were more interesting in the early days than they are now. Sure. I don't know. I don't know. And maybe they are. Maybe they've just changed now. But I don't know. I, I like I like Kirby games to be fun. You know, whether that's right. whether that's simple or not. But eh, it's fine either way, I guess. Um, so that that's really kind of the extent of what I've been up to. Uh, RuneScape has a thing going on right now. It's a new uh, mini game that just launched, and it's killing me that I'm not sitting there playing it right now. Because I really want to play. I played one round, and then it was podcast time. So <laughs> you know what I'm going to be doing when I'm not playing Rento Fortune with Steve is is RuneScape all day, every day. But, um, yeah, that's kind of it for me. So who wants to go next? Who wants to talk about the games you've been playing? Steve, I think it's a good transition yeah. for you probably <clears throat> since, yeah. Yeah, so on the Kirby note, by the way, Lucas, I yeah. did end up buying that for my wife. I know you said that. So her and I will be playing that. I'll let you know. I would like uh, to know what you think, being. because I, I'm genuinely curious, and I want it because it's a cool game, but right. like I just don't know if it would do anything for me, you know? Yeah. Like, so tell me. Tell me what you think. I'm curious. All right. So what have I been playing? Um, Animal Crossing. Kind of playing that. I've kind of dropped off a little bit. As I'm only do. checking in like every two or three days right now, because I don't really have anything I can do again until April, when new bugs and and whatnot show up so uh let's see lucas and i started playing monster hunter again uh sunbreak announcement has God, us God very that. excited yes lucas we, we played monster hunter for a fair few hunts and i am proud to say that i have done basically everything i can do by myself that i feel like i'm good enough to do there i am being my own worst enemy again um, so all I've got left is basically seven star hub, which is the highest you can have right now. So Maybe I plan yes. on, uh, you know, 
getting back to that and finishing that before the DLC comes out. We have like eight more hunts to do. So. Yeah. Um, I did have to break a rule though. Since this is my first Monster Hunter and I've got the Magnamalo amiibo, mm-hmm. I did decide that I have to have a Malzino, I think is what he's called, amiibo. Oh, is that the new Ma- guy? Yeah, I think he's our new, uh, what are they called? I know nothing Cover about monster. flagship monster. Yeah, I flagship know nothing monster. about Sunbreak. I have not been yeah. paying attention and to the media. I do, I do <laughs> Eugene, have to stay spoiler-free for Lucas, so I apologize. To, Appreciate you. Know, you ya. <laughs> um, but I did have to go to GameStop and reserve an Amiibo. So I know it won't be there on launch day, which is fine, but at least I know I've got that reserve provided GameStop.com doesn't mess it up, which they're very apt to do, but I didn't really have sure. another choice because that's sure. to buy it. Is so it a I GameStop to... exclusive then? Yeah. Bumps all keys. of them all of the Monster Hunter Monster Hunter ones have been GameStop exclusive and they've all arrived late due to shipping mm-hmm. issues. So yeah, so I had to break my own rule, but I need this amiibo. I couldn't not get the amiibo. The one thing I will say is my boy Astalos is coming back. Oh, can we, so can we talk about something kind of gross that's Capcom related too for a second I, I while we're talking yeah. Capcom? Yeah. So Eugene, they—I don't know if you're aware that they did this, but they did a thing in the last couple Monster Hunter games that really is kind of disgusting. On the one hand, it's a feature that I've wanted for a long time, but the oh, way they implemented it. Oh, I know where you're going it, with this. Yeah. So um, in most Monster Hunter games, you make your character and you are locked in at a level. So certain cosmetics can be changed. Um, I believe skin color could always be changed. I think maybe not. Maybe skin color was locked. I don't know. Um, hair color. Well, I th- I think it's gender and skin color. Okay, that we're locked in. Hair color can be changed. Um, eye color, I think, was locked in, too, actually. Uh, Possibly. So they added a feature in the new games where you can do it for a dollar. Oh. <laughs> you, can go, you can go on like, the eShop. I'll pay a dollar for that. You can go on like, the eShop and buy a character customization ticket. You have a one-time change to your character, so like I oh, I play, so you have yeah. to do that. At, oh no, that so yeah, is basically gross. to redo the character creator. So huh. I I played all of Monster Hunter Rise huh. as a woman, but lately I've been feeling like I wanted to play as a guy for the new Sunbreak. So I went in and I changed my character to a guy, um, and to do that I had to go onto the eShop and give them a dollar so I could make the the, the swap. Isn't that gross? Isn't that, that feels really? Dirty. Yeah. It it scares me because it makes me think. What are they going to do in the next game? You know, well, like they, <laughs> they did it in stories too. They did well. it in stories too. Yeah, they, and both of those games came out within like a month of each other, if you remember. So it makes sense. But at, at least with stories too, there were a couple of DLCs where you could get one. For they three. gave you like three, three free tickets. Yeah. You know, so I sure. don't think I ever actually purchased anything there. But it's just it, it it's worrisome. It makes me think, like, what, you know, like, oh, what exclusive armor set is going to be locked behind a paywall or, you know, that kind of, what, what yeah. monster am I not going to be able to hunt oh, until I, you, you know. You, you mean, like, the Malzino layered armor that's exclusive to the Amiibos? Yeah, yeah, I guess they're already doing Which that in a way. Which is really cool, by the way. But when it's locked behind an Amiibo, it feels different well, yeah, somehow, even though it's still DLC. Okay, like, so yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, yes. Is this on the same level as, like, the um, Chocobo Racing stuff? God, no. It's... no. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> God, no. No. Chocobo Racing is like, oh, you want to play as Cloud? Buy a $15 season pass and play, like, 20 hours in an online race with strangers to unlock. Like, that's what yeah. we're talking with Chocobo Racing. It, it, 
The it's only microtransaction, the only stuff like that they do in Monster Hunter is like, oh, you've got this character in the hub world that you can buy their voice for like a buck fifty. Yeah, and like and put their voice on it. It's pretty it's pretty minimal and entirely cosmetic, which I guess and Well Chuckable Racing isn't really, because the characters all play differently, so Yeah, now it's it's different. It this hits a lot more like a traditional microtransaction where it's like, yeah, okay, I'll pay, you know, three bucks to have you know, Breath of the Wild DLC and wear Majora's Mask, you know, as opposed to Chocobo Racing, which feels more like, yeah, I've paid $40 for a game, but now I'll buy a season pass. It's only good for three months, you know? Yeah. So you're, you feel like with uh, Monster Hunter, you're getting more of the game before they, like, paywall you with, you yeah. know, something that they want you to buy. Oh, yeah. And the only, th again, the only things that they want you to buy are like, oh, you want to make your dog look pretty? Here's a, uh, an outfit for your dog. Here's a voice you can use to make yourself yeah, sound like make, a character make your from the dog TV look show, like, you know? Yeah, make your dog look like a bulldog or something. Yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot, it's buy. a lot less egregious. The thing that bothers me with it is, first off, I don't like features being locked behind paywalls, and so far this is the only one that is, but what does that mean for the future of monster hunter like what is what is the next game going to have that this one doesn't that's locked yeah. behind a paywall you know so maybe right. a slippery slope but that's just kind of where my head goes you know yeah. so next game i've been playing pokemon sword believe it or not ah. um over the <laughs> last too. couple of months they've been doing um an event where you can get shiny galarian birds mm -hmm. so articuno zapdos and moltres and for those that don't know, the shiny variants of the Galarian forms are the same color scheme as the Cantonian variants of those same birds. So, like, Zapdos so, is yellow, Moltres yeah. is red, Articuno is blue. They're very nice. Yeah. Um, to do it, you have to register for an online competition and then play three battles in said competition. It's a little bit of work. So, I've gotten the two. We were just looking. The next round of registrations for Moltres is, starts on the 31st. So Lucas and I will be hopefully remembering to do that. Well, I might do it. I got my Zapdos. That was the big ticket item for me. Yeah, but yeah, I might. I, I have to have You're a Zapdos set. boy. Oh yeah, I am now. I used to be an Articuno kid because I thought he was Italian, just like me. But I was now always it's Zapdos. Zapdos. Always been Zapdos. Zap Team Instinct. I gotta be Zapdos. But I like my electric monsters, as we well know. It's true. And Zapdos is the best Galarian bird. Articuno's a weird mask psychic dude. Moltres just looks evil. Zapdos yeah. is just a big turkey with big old legs that runs around. He's adorable. Yeah, he kicks people. Yeah, he's my favorite. Um, also been playing Mario Kart. Uh, Lucas and I have gotten back into Hot Zipple Wings. Ah, that's, that's Minecraft. Our, yeah, that's our Minecraft. Realm. It's actually Red Hot Zipple Wings, oh, and the Hot S is a Z. Just so okay, so, okay. you said Minecraft. For a second, I thought you said Mario Kart, and I thought there was some well, new, like, Well, I did say I played Mario Red Kart, Hot and then I said... Oh, yeah, he, he, yes. he jumped pretty quick. We've been oh, playing I Mario was, Kart. Uh, okay, Lucas it, and I it. have gotten into Red Hot Zippo Wings. <laughs> yeah, sorry got about it. that. So, we've been playing Minecraft again. I'm happy to report that all of my automatic furnaces are done. We went on an iron hunt the other day and found some really, really cool stuff. That was when I was testing we out my found capture it. card. Cool cave. So that was that was a fun night. I'm excited to see that from both perspectives if that yeah. video works out. That was fun. Um, before that, though, I think it was before that, I was playing Tetris Effect, and I wanted to ah. see if I wanted to see if there was anything you got because at level 50, you get something that's really cool. So if you have Tetris Effect, and you haven't hit level 50, you really should because there's a cool reward. 
I was looking to see if there's anything else like that, and I found that Tetris Effect has a code, like a cheat code. If An you old school cheat code. So there's two ways to do this. You can either do this simply by playing the game on June 6th, and it unlocks automatically, or you can put in the Konami code, and it takes you to a cheat code screen, quote-unquote, where you have the option to plug in a USB or Bluetooth dongled keyboard to your game console of choice. Okay. And put in the code 0606-1984. So when you posted that, I was wondering how you did the numbers. This is making more sense now. Yeah, I, I had a USB keyboard that I actually had to get up and walk out to my car to get because what good IT person doesn't have a USB keyboard in their car, right? Um, I unlocked it and it's this really cool level that you can play in effect mode that like the first round of it that's like talking to you in russian and it looks like the computer that they programmed tetris on mm-hmm. and then it evolves a little bit and in the background for the second round every time you get a line or whatever it shows a picture of one of the original programmers from tetris and then when you hit that third round it evolves into this godforsaken thing that is next to impossible to actually see in and was making it so i could not actually beat what i was trying to do on it so, actually, well worth it. I do plan on playing that in VR on June 6th, because I don't know how to hook up a keyboard to an Oculus Quest 2. Hmm. So, There's gotta I be think a way, you could do right? it with a Bluetooth. I think you could do it with a Bluetooth keyboard, but I don't yeah. know. And you have to have an external keyboard to do the code. So. Um... And then I played a little bit of Mario Golf because I'm trying to get the three shy guys unlocked. So, and that's everything on my top 13 on my Switch. Well, there you go. All right, Eugene, you're up. As we're serenaded by beautiful Japanese music, tell us what you've been playing. <laughs> well, I've been playing a beautiful um, Japanese game called um, Elden Ring. Uh, can I? Can I? Can I share, Eugene? When we invited you to play Mario Kart with us this weekend, oh, this was horribly confusing. We said we said <laughs> you should play Mario Kart with us, and Eugene wrote back, "The only cart I'll be riding is a horse named Torrent." <laughs> and we were like, "The hell does that mean?" For like fifteen minutes, and then one of us was like, "I think he means he's playing Elden Ring." I think I think we've been passed over for Elden Ring. <laughs> Yeah. Did we get that on the money, or do you have we, a horse named Torrent? We were Torrent? so confused. Right on the... No, um, both, actually. I have a horse named Torrent in the game that I was playing called Elden Ring. That's actually okay. the horse's name, canonically. I was going to say, like, did you choose that, or was so it's canonic? Okay. Yeah, no, just this this chick descends from the sky, and she's like, here's my ghost I horse. shall He's become a now. horse. And then she <laughs> yes. morphs into a horse. And... Yeah, we're. I'm actually just playing Animorphs actually now. It's great. Yeah. Um, no, uh, Elden Ring, guys. I, I mean, I don't know what else I can say about this game. I don't want to get too spoilery into it because, you know, it's still a fresh game. But also, I don't really think you can. I'm of the opinion that you really can't spoil anything in Elden Ring because... Every it's the type of experience is going to be unique kind of thing. That and and it's one of those games where um, it, it's almost uniquely um, 
a game that you would find before the internet like and what I, this is going to go somewhere so just bear with me so like when you were playing the legend of zelda ocarina of time for the first time and yeah. then you know there were all these rumors about oh my god here's how you can see the triforce or get the triforce yeah. or whatever and then you know inevitably it was a big fat lie but like you know you would go try that thing and then you know it may work it may not that's kind of what elden ring is about for me like i've been listening to a lot of podcasts and just kind of you know looking at Twitter posts about Elden Ring about seeing people's experiences and it's like have you guys seen this have you guys heard that that's that's what's really cool about this game is the zeitgeist honestly I was I read something where fans had struck a certain wall 50 I shared that article Steven yeah, yes. see, I, I pay attention to what you share. Yeah, there's a, there's a wall that leads to an area that you can also access normally. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, if you hit the wall 50 times, it breaks and you can get into the area that way. Well, that's the thing about this game, right? It's got like this aura behind it, um, similar to like... I, I don't know if you guys ever played Castlevania 2, but there was this notorious section on the NES where mm. you had to crouch in this one spot for like 10 seconds, and then like this thing happened for you to progress throughout the game. So, you know, just, there's no indication in the game about it. There's like some clues, but like if you don't know to do that, then you just can't move on. That's this game. There's so many moments like that in this game. That is exactly how you get into, I forget his name now, but the garbage monsters layer in Earthbound, like actual, like, yeah, Mother yeah, 2 yeah, yeah. Earthbound. Yeah, you have to stand at the waterfall for, like, three uninterrupted minutes, and then it opens. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's so it's, um, it's cool. So like I'm yeah. I'm listening to these podcasts and like you know maybe when they're talking about like bosses that I don't want to hear about I might skip you know thirty seconds uh-huh. or so type of thing. But no, they're talking about their, their these experiences and I'm like oh I didn't even know you can do that and then you know Jeez. I'll like jot it down in my memory bank and then later on that evening I'll go try it out and sure enough like it's like oh yeah that's that's cool. So yeah. that's what Elden that's Ring cool. is for me, you know. Um, but I guess to kind of get into my experience over the last week, I've been in the same location basically for a week now. I'm making a little progress, um, but um, Elden Ring has these things that are castles, which are basically Dark Souls. Um, like you go into a castle and it's like, oh yeah, this is a Dark Souls as Dark Souls area, you know, like yeah. the, the tight corridors, mm-hmm. um, secrets that are looping back upon each other, you know, things like that. That's yeah. It, it's like yeah, this is what I what I love about these games. But the other part about it is it's very very punishing. So I'm just kind of stuck. I'm be, I've been mm-hmm. making a little like kind of you know inching my way through the area, learning about the the enemy placement and you know getting a little further each time, getting to a new. It's not called a bonfire anymore. I know I want to call it a bonfire. A new site of grace, um, <laughs> to save your progress basically, and you know it, it, it's fun, but uh, yeah, it's hard. I've been. St- kind of stuck in this area for a while now and I've been um, cheating now I say cheating but it's not really cheating um, if you've ever played a Dark Souls game you know that you can invite other people into your game to help you with you know areas that you're struggling yeah. with 
So yeah, I've, this area has been kicking my butt. So I, uh, this last night, I actually invited a couple of people to help out, and I actually progressed a little bit. So that was nice. Uh, that was nice. I moved on to the next side of grace that I need to get to. But uh, the other part about this game, another reason why I've so why I've been stuck here is um, you don't have to stay in an area that you're stuck. So I've like spent a whole evening probably like you know a four-hour session just away from that castle mm -hmm. just like looking at other stuff you know exploring yeah. i found this uh, cover your ears if you care about um spoilers there was this cave thingy that i went into and then i just kind of like kept going down and down and down um down this lift and the lift just kept going down and down and down there's this like underground area that's like an entire galaxy looking thing it is ridiculous how big hmm. this game is i was like how much game is in this game so, uh, needless to say, I'm going to be playing Elden Ring for a long time, I'm sure. sure so, sounds uh, like it. Get That's used to me talking about it. I feel like, for me at least, this game came out of nowhere. Like, were people sure. excited for this? Were people waiting oh, yeah. for this for a while? Yeah, like, oh, yeah. all of a sudden, people just started talking about Elden Ring, and I had no idea what it was. Like, it, It's been no one of the idea. most highly anticipated games for a while now, ever since, uh, you know, it was announced that George R.R. R. Martin was going to be behind it a little uh, bit. And, okay, you know, interesting. Uh, and, of course, anytime a new game from the from software guys come out, the Dark Soulsians, mm. they come out yeah. in their droves, you know? But this time, it's... Uh, it's yeah. been crazy. I think it's sold like 12 million copies already yeah, at this it's point. It's, it's pretty nice, yeah. which is good for me because that means when I get stuck somewhere, I can always find somebody to co-op with me. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if... I, I genuinely don't know if this would be a me game. Like, I feel like there's things I would like and there's things I wouldn't, and I don't know where I would fall on it. I'd probably like it more than Breath of the Wild. I, I feel like I would I would have that going for me because it wouldn't sure. have like the Zelda pedigree that I'd be looking for. But, like, I, I don't know. I feel like when I play open-world games, I play them more for, like, less for the challenge, more for the, like, I want to go to a town and be a thief and wear a, a fancy outfit. Yeah, I know. So like, I, It I has know. outfits. You can change yeah. your outfits to other fancy outfits. But the problem yeah. is, like, uh, I think what you would be missing is going to the town, talking the, to the people. Role the role-playing yeah. aspect. Of, yeah, yeah. It has the challenge, which I, I like a good challenge, you know? Um, I, I just I don't yeah. know I don't know where I would fall. It'd be it, I'd be curious if I ever get the ability to really like truly sit down and play a game like this, how I would how I would feel about it, you know? Because I'd mm -hmm. probably like to try that over like a traditional Dark Souls, I think, because of the free roaming aspect. Sure, and, it definitely yeah. has that um, going for it. In that, um, yeah, not not the not necessarily the uh, the you know the towns and everything like that, but <clears throat> there is lore. Yeah. You just have to seek it out, you know. Yeah. Like there's well, uh, go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, You're no. the one who's actually played the game. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say. I, I think I mentioned last week that. Um, you know, getting an item is a big deal in this game because, yeah. like, they're, they just are so few and far between. Another reason why items are a big deal in this game is because that's, like, actually where all the lore is. So, like, when you read yeah. the item descriptions, um, it'll kind of tell you a little hint about this, that, or the other thing, you know? It might tell you about this character that you just met 10 hours ago or whatever, you know? Um, so that's interesting. And then once you find, if you care about that stuff, you can actually go investigate and then the That's world. Cool. So, okay. So uh, 
this is a little bit of a spoiler, but I read an item description on this, it was like a staff that I that I own, and it was talking about going to this area under a waterfall and, you know, doing, I can't even remember what I had to do, it was like a gesture or something yeah. like that. But like when I went and did that, um, like I found a secret and it was cool, you know, it was interesting. Cool. Yeah, see, I yeah. like that. It reminds me a lot of, um, I, I, you're going to hate me for making this comparison, but um, in Splatoon, of all mm -hmm. games, in the story modes in Splatoon, if you like 100%ed the world, you would get access to these logs that would have like, you know, oh, Judd, right. the yeah. Judd the Cat and his backstory of how he ended up in the time period and how the Octolings and the Inklings used to have a war and then this happened and that happened. And it was like, sure. it's like, oh, there's actually like a plot to these, like a Nintendo-ish weirdly dark plot like post-apocalyptic plot to this cute little shooter game that 99% of people are never going to see because story mode sucks and nobody plays <laughs> it but like you know yeah, yeah I, I like that kind of stuff I like when things are buried in in you know stuff like that so I feel like in in Skyrim you get a lot of that through like random NPC dialogue so it's like you'll have like like all of a sudden you're, you're walking around and Argonian's like oh I'd never go to that town that's where they keep them all outdoors is, is like you know peddlers and I'm like oh interesting fun fact I just learned you know kind of thing but I love uh -huh. popping open a good book and uh, you know reading some lore as well so I don't know it sounds like a good game I mean, obviously the whole internet is clamoring over it right now but it, it, it's a good game I'm not convinced that I like it better than Dark Souls but I think that's I because that. I have that um you know that was my Nostalgia. first one type yeah. of thing you know yeah, well so. well and maybe there's some aspects that like maybe the the rewarding aspect of Dark Souls is that it is very linear so when you finish something you're done with it and that's it you know whereas like a game like this is a little bit more open so I wouldn't it, say Dark Souls is necessarily room? linear actually they're really? very similar in that really? like in Dark Souls Oh yeah, totally. Like there's speedruns of Dark Souls where people have beaten it. I think in under 15 minutes, you know. Oh so, well, like, I don't mean. Can... I I guess I don't mean linear in that there's only one way to complete the game. More linear in that like, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I've always interpreted Dark Souls as like, you're you're starting at point A and you're trying to get to point Z, and you might have to do a little like backtracky kind of stuff, but you're not going to be going like. You're not going to be doing like an Ocarina of Time where you go back sure. to like the hub world and then to Zora's Domain and then back to the hub world and, and, and you know, Goron Mountain. No, that, it's stuff. exactly it's that actually. It, really? Yeah, no, that's you're, interesting. You're, I always, you're, experience, I, you're explaining Dark Souls to a T. I always interpreted it more as like a Resident Evil kind of experience where it's like, okay, you've, you've done the village and now you're going to the church and then you'll do the church. No, then no, you'll that's, go to the, that's, what I, okay. that's what I loved the most about Dark Souls, actually. Huh. And that's what I love about this castle that I'm stuck in right now. Yeah, because it that, feels like, like that. <laughs> you're always looping back into an area that you've always that you were at before. So like yeah. uh, in this castle for example, I was I was 45 minutes just like creepy crawling my way through because I was, you know, out of health. I my guys had already died that I had summoned uh -huh. in to help me. So I was just like trying to find a bonfire or I guess a site of grace to save just at. Call it a bonfire, thing, you know? it's fine. <laughs> yeah. But but then so I opened this door and it ended up being a shortcut back to an area that I had visited previously. And so I was like, oh yeah, I know where that. Now I know where you know the site of grace is, so I can you know save my progress. Dark Souls is the same way, you know, like you're always looping back onto like either the main area, like the hub section where you first start. Okay. Um, it's it's really cool in that sense. 
Hmm. Might have to bust out this game and give him an honest try at some point. I think that if you want to give it a shot, I would give Dark Souls a shot because while it's not as... That's the one that I have. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. While it's not as accessible, I don't feel as like an Elden Ring, I feel that um, just get on the internet and look at stuff sorry i almost cursed there um look at a guide if you get stuck type of thing because that's that's what that's what you should do in these type of games don't feel uh for me i don't think that you should feel a sense of pride and saying that oh yeah i figured it out on myself because then you're just gonna be busting your head against the wall you know it's just not fun Mm. that way especially when it's uh when there's just like a simple like like for example i missed this ladder that i just couldn't see in the shadows in this castle that i was on that's one of the areas that i was stuck and i was just banging my head against the wall for a couple hours you know just going in circles I looked up a video and I was like, you're kidding me. So I climbed up the ladder and <laughs> there I was off to the next section. Yeah. I will say, full disclosure, the only other game I've played in my life where I've felt exactly what you're describing, and this is going to sound dumb, is the Crash Bandicoot series. If okay. you want a 100% Crash Bandicoot, don't feel ashamed that you have to use a guide. I've had to use a guide every freaking time. They sure. hide things. Es- like, there was this Especially one- the fact that even if you do use a guide... You still have you still to do have to it. Do Most it. of that stuff is really hard to there do. There was this one level, like exactly what you're describing, where um, you have to go and jump in a tire off screen to get the first thing that you're missing. Then right. do the bonus game. The bonus game drops you on that tire, and then you can jump in the tire that was covered by the bonus game entrance. So it's like, like if that you didn't look it up, it's like, nonsense. come on. Yeah. yeah, you would never exactly. find it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, so that's do, Dark Souls, man. That's Dark from. Souls and Elden Ring because there's secrets upon secrets. Uh, okay, last thing before I um, before I toss it over to you know whatever we're doing next here because I know we're yeah. running long, but it's all good. Um, so I invited somebody into my game. This is the the section where I was able to like basically progress. Yeah. This mf'er, this brilliant man. Um, showed me this shortcut that I've never seen before. He basically just rolled off, excuse me, rolled off of the uh, castle um, banister or whatever it's called, the, you know, the ramparts, I guess, and then onto another section that um, was right below it. And I, I was like, you can do that? So I roll off, I go down to that section, basically bypasses like a dozen enemies that you have to kill. And then it's like, man, if I would have known this like three hours ago, I probably would have been way better off. But like, no, that's, it, this game is all about those weird secrets and shortcuts. It, it, it's great. I love it. Jeez. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Now, you definitely make a good case for uh, one of your favorite game series, Eugene. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yeah, it's definitely a me game. It, I, I can tell you right now, probably would not be an everybody game. Definitely wouldn't be a Justin game. Yeah. Maybe a Steve game, mm-hmm. but I think it's you would maybe a, get a little a, too frustrated. No, it's not a Steven game. <laughs> yeah. But I think, Lucas, I think you might actually have the patience for a game like this one. I might have to take you up on that. I might have to give this one an honest go and see. Not this one, but, you know, Dark Souls. Yes, yeah, Because I got it, yeah. like, a year ago or, like, two years ago. It was, like, a Christmas it, present. I just haven't dug into it. It like, plays well on the like, Switch, I was in, too. like, the opening. Oh, yeah, no, I was, I was in the opening tutorial, and I think I was in a bad, like, headspace at the time. And I was like, I don't think I have the, the mind for this, you know. I don't sure. think I can I can dive into this. But maybe, maybe now's the right time. Maybe I'll give it another go. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I would like to I would like to steal the moment for a second here because I actually I like got a review copy for a game, and I would like to talk about it for just a moment here. And I unfortunately I'm probably not going to be able to do this game quite as much justice as a couple of our other co-hosts would have. So I will I will explain and, and get into a little bit of detail here. But um, the game that I got a review code for was Tempest Four Thousand. Which is apparently a bless you, Stephen. Sorry. Apparently a um, remaster, remake, whatever you want to call it, of an old Atari game that was just called Tempest, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Help me out here, mm-hmm. Eugene. Yeah, Eugene's nodding his head. Um, so I had never played Tempest, so I was totally in the dark on what this was. But I saw a few screenshots. It looked interesting. Nobody else had mentioned it in the chat, and I was like, eh, screw it. I'll dive in and see what it's all about. (laughs) Um, So I got the review code on Monday. I played it for a little bit. Um, It's not a me game, personally, but it very well could be a you game. So, uh, and I think really the the key audience here is Justin. So it's a shame that I didn't just let Justin take it, because he really (laughs) likes these uh, these old arcade game types of things. It's, um, It's kind of a on-rails shooter that you know like in, in as much of an on-rails shooter as you could get in like 1985-ish i think 84 whenever atari was a thing because this is an old atari game um very cool very visually impressive the the fact the everything i dislike about the game comes from what it stemmed from everything that i like about the game is what was in the the remake the remaster like the visually mm-hmm. it is a pretty game steve would like right. it, it, it feels is, it is a Steve ass game. It looks a <laughs> lot like Tetris Effect Connected. That same yeah. kind of like this is a visual experience. Like if you could plug on a VR headset and play this game, it would be really cool. The thing that I liked the least about it is again by the nature of it being an Atari game, you're controlling a ship, and um, you move the ship around and you shoot objects that are that are coming at you in like 3D space. Um, you're locked onto a plane. So it's like you might you might have a square, like a, a square line, or you might have a wavy line, or a circle, or a mm-hmm. zigzag, and you can only move from point to point on that plane, on that, that, that two-dimensional shape. Um, right. That was very difficult for me to understand, and I, that's a problem I have with a lot of old Atari games. Like, I've played, like, a lot of the Atari flashback games. Um, controls were not something that had been mastered that early into video game design, in my opinion. And I would feel a lot better about this game if it was more of a kind of Galaga, you know, um, Zaxxon type of game, like 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 Star Fox, where you're moving it in an in an open space and you just shoot whatever you want. Now I think that's kind of the gimmick of this game because each of the levels is its own shape and you can like mm-hmm. level select as you progress and try out different levels and and you know there's different enemies coming at you and you have like super bombs you can use when you get caught to avoid getting killed and it's um it's the kind of game that somebody who really values a really old school arcade game could get a lot of mileage out of um it is not a great game for a millennial born in 1991 in my but um, there, I'm sure there are people out there that really do like that Atari era of games and we get a lot out of it. Again, I just don't think I'm really the target demographic. But if you're looking sure. for something pretty, if you're looking for something um, audio-wise very stimulating, you know, that kind of game, give it a go. It might be for you. Say, wa- I watched the trailer for it and yeah. the soundtrack seems like it's a really good soundtrack. Yeah, it's, um, it's a stimulating game. And I mean that in the least creepy way that you can say the word stimulating. Um, it's like... A st- Space Invaders Extreme. Yeah, like Tetris Effect, Tetris Effect Connected. Right. Yeah, it's a stimulating game. 
Um, again, I would recommend it to Justin if he were here today in a heartbeat. Um, Eugene, maybe? Probably not? I don't know. I don't really know what your experience is with Atari. You don't strike me as the kind of guy that would get a lot out of this I, game. I never, but... I never played it in the Atari, but I do remember seeing it in the arcade, and it was yeah. cool, but, like, it came out with... I'm pretty sure the arcade game came out in the 70s, maybe, like, the early, early mm. 80s. But it was, yeah. like way old school compared to the stuff that was you know out there at the time yeah. so like i would i would always you know gravitate to a gauntlet or like a street fighter 2 or mm -hmm. whatever you know it kind of a... it kind of leans into a like a nostalgia like a a 70s late 70s early 80s kind of I, I don't know if this is the right term but like a synthwave kind of vibe like sure like that hotline miami kind of style uh look to it Again, very interesting game. And um, I, I feel bad, actually, that I didn't enjoy it as much as I did because, like, a few, like, I think, like, a day after I redeemed the code, Justin was like, how many codes did we get? And I was like, just the one, and I've already redeemed it, so. Sorry. You're out of yeah. luck, boy. But I think he might have been a better target audience for this one than me. But I do appreciate us getting the code. Dude. You know, it was um, fun to try. It just wasn't really for me personally, so. Did you play this game with or in front of your pops at all? Is he uh, into this type of thing? I didn't. Um, he's got very selective nostalgia for Atari games. Like, there's a few out there that he likes, uh, but I, I almost think he likes the memory of them more than the game itself, because we've played a few Atari mm -hmm. games together, and he's like, ooh, this is rough. I don't even know how to, like, move my guy, you know, kind of thing. Like, I feel like, personally, I feel bad, too, because we're kind of saying this in the review here. I don't want to badmouth them too much, but I feel like Atari games were just kind of prototypes of games in a lot of ways like there's very few atari games that i think hold up compared to their more modern incarnations you know whereas like you go back and you play like an nes game or even like a like a, an old sega game or something and like you still see the value of like playing the original super mario bros or mario 3 or something you know but but like there's not that many like like adventure atari's adventure game that was big when it came out but you're never going to choose that over, like, The Legend of Zelda, I feel like. Sure. The Legend of Zelda is just that game, but better, you know? Maybe. Again, maybe if I was born in the 80s, I'd have a different opinion. But that's just kind of where I land, you know? So, I, I don't know. Again, I think there's an audience for this game. I think if you like Atari games, if you like Atari games, you should definitely check this one out. Because it, um, it will scratch that itch, and it looks really nice. It's really fancy. It's really nice. It's really new. Um, if you're more like me and Atari games just aren't really your speed, then probably not going to be your game of choice. But either way, it was it was nice to try it, and, you know, it was, it was cool to give it a go. So that was my official review of, uh, of Tempest 4000. Thank you for listening. And that is it for this episode <laughs> of Infendo Radio. I hope you all enjoyed. I know I did. I got to hang out with my buddies. Um, we'll be back again next week with an episode. We haven't done a game in a really long time. Like a really, really long time. And I always hate promising this a week in advance because then like, we, we kind of commit to it and then we scramble at the last minute. But maybe we'll have a game for you next week. Maybe. Possibly. Maybe. So, I don't stay know, tuned. stay tuned for that and see if we can commit to something for more than 24 hours. We'll see you if next you time. Hear, if you want to hear more of my swearing, tune into Lucas's YouTube channel. Also <laughs> that, watch our Mario Kart videos and just don't have your parents I, in the I room. I get a little angry. Just a tad. Anyway, we'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you, Steve, for guest starring on this mm -hmm. one. Bye-bye!
Adiós. Peace. Oh my god, he did it. He did it. <laughs> I've told you guys the uh, Pikachu Arbok story, right? No. Do I, 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 I don't know. So when I was a child, Maybe. when I was a wee little lad, I had a poster of all 151 Pokemon on it. It was a white okay. poster, and it had each Pokemon and their number. And they were all organized by number. And as a baby boy, my favorite Pokemon was Pikachu because I was a brainwashed little dummy. Um, no offense, Steve. I, I was like, what, wait, what are you I know to that's, say? I know yeah. that's still your favorite Pokemon, but yeah, I've got a Pikachu. You're basic. Within, within You're basic. Arms, within arm's reach at any given time. Uh, but anyway, I liked Pikachu back then. And um, right next to Pikachu was Ekans and Arbok. So to look at Pikachu, my eyes had to make contact with the Pokemon that I was afraid of as a boy, <laughs> which is Arbok, because Arbok is a giant snake and that's scary. Um, so one night I had a dream that I will never forget to this day. Do you remember the pyramid level How in Star Fox? How did I not know Arbok is Cobra backwards? Oh my God. Ekans I knew. Really? Okay, Sorry. well, we're learning pyramid. all kinds of things. Pyramid. Today. Do you remember Venom, the, the Venom 1 level of Star Fox, when you go into the pyramid and yes, you chase yes, the yes, guy, yes. the, the uh -huh. robot guy? I was flying in my Star Fox ship in my dream with Falco uh -huh. in the pyramid. We're flying forward. There's nothing in the pyramid. A giant Arbok starts chasing me in the pyramid. Jesus. Falco goes through a... I can see this in my head as I'm telling the story. <laughs> Falco goes through a panel in the wall and bails on me. And Arbok in this voice that is no doubt going to sound cheesy, but as a child was terrifying to me, screamed, I'm going to eat your liver and oh charges God. at me, Jesus charges Christ. at me. And then I wake up. I was terrified of this Pokemon. As I can't imagine why. Terrified. I have... No, okay, so like we've, I think we've had the discussion about Mother Goose. I had the hallucination. I saw Mother Goose come to life, my nightlight. Yes, it twists its neck and screams, hello, in this haunting voice. <laughs> to this day, 
I get like chills when I think of like Mother Goose because like I had recurring nightmares of a giant like seven foot tall Five Nights at Freddy's style Mother Goose chasing me and trying to kill me in my sleep. Like, so if like I put Mother Goose as my background. Yeah, I would freak the f- out. Like, do not do this. This is not even a joke. This is a friendship test, Steve. Um, and <laughs> Eugene. But and um, Eugene. but. I um I would have these honest to God like I don't know if you guys have ever had recurring nightmares as a kid but they're the worst thing you're in the nightmare oh, and yeah, you know that you're in the nightmare and you can't wake up and it's terrifying I, I had this one which was it was just I don't know it was just a weird one but like yeah. I vividly remember I had this uh nightmare to me as a kid a little five six year old or whatever where everything was just too big like the chair was Ah, like 10 times too big and i just couldn't get like in the chair and moreover like i couldn't like get off of things because it was too scary to like jump off of like you know that's and i just have that weird dream like what's weird like 10. What's weird is we could recreate this and put you in a room with giant <laughs> furniture. <laughs> bring back the bring back Friendship the PTSD tests. from my childhood, right? But um, um, I'm gonna put this uh, um, this episode title might be may or may not be called Mother Goose, and this may or may not be a stinger. I'm okay with that. 